You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. Hello and welcome to the Trend Zone. Dave here with Casey. We are the football dudes. Are you there, Casey? You got that right, bruh. All right, next stop, the Trend Zone. In today's episode, we'll talk some big-name players going to IR, a couple guys coming back, our survivor picks, fantasy go-backs, and, of course, we'll preview some of the big games coming up in Week 10 of the NFL. But, Casey, as usual, let's give this thing to the people. Get it started with the Tasty Nug. Yeah, dude, it was James Brown that said it's a man's world, but, Dave, it is a young man's world. Through the first nine weeks of the season, over 81% of the games have featured at least one quarterback under the age of 27. That's wow. the most in NFL history. And also, we featured 76 wins by quarterbacks age 27 or younger. That is also the most in NFL history. <laughs> it means get to step in grandpa. We got some new <laughs> young bloods coming into this thing. That's right, man. Don't tell Tom Brady about that case. Oh, he found out last fine. week, right? That's he found right. Out, didn't he? Good Woo! point, man. Nice. Touche. All right, dude. Let's get started with the trending stories then. Moving right along. Um, we got a couple of big name guys going on to IR. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson for the the Eagles. He's got a sore tummy. He's not going to be able to make it for the last <laughs> Very few disappointing for Casey, yeah. I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> a few weeks of the season. He's IR. Maybe if they make a playoff uh, run, he might be able to come back. Right. But uh, the Eagles have definitely missed his ability to stretch the field. Had the huge game at the beginning and uh, just yeah. a bummer for the Eagle fans there. Yeah, and another big name, obviously, even bigger, Cam Newton, former NFL MVP. And he is goes goes to IRKC as uh, Kyle Allen, the backup, has racked up a handful of wins. Cam nursing that foot um, has lost a boatload of games in a row, and now Kyle Allen doing really well makes them feel a little more comfortable, maybe about putting Cam on the shelf. And he, at this point, both of these guys could still come back and uh, possibly participate in the playoffs. But um, who knows you know, how, how that's going to work out, right? Well, the Panthers got a huge decision coming up. Uh, if they're going to move forward with Kyle Allen or they're going to bring Cam back after that paw gets healed up, it's about a $19 million decision that the, the brass in Carolina is going to have to make coming up. Not bad, man. I mean, interesting when a lot of teams are doing a lot of things with these cheap quarterbacks, you know what I'm saying, where you can stock the roster yeah. around them. All right, Case, okay, so also another interesting move as the um, – Jaguars move towards um, Nick Foles to start in week 11, dude, for this four and five Jaguars team against the Colts coming up. Yeah, dude, you know, uh, Gardner Minshew has played pretty well subbing there, although I have a bone to pick with him. We're going to get to that a little bit later, though. <laughs> but you pay a Super Bowl MVP to come lead your squad. So no matter what's happened moving into that, when he's ready, you put him back in there. Yeah. And who knows, maybe Foles can light it up like he did at that tail end of that Eagles run to the Super Bowl. This and is do his little... deal, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what he does, bro. So, um, you know, that gives Jag fans something to be a little bit excited about once they get back from that bye week. Yeah, no doubt, dude. And Dave, I don't know if you've heard this rumor or not, but 
there is a rumor that your Los Angeles Chargers are going to be winging on over to London, baby, to jam with the Stones <laughs> on a full-time basis. React. <laughs> I find that news uh, to be absolute garbage, Casey. Rubbish. <laughs> Rubbish, indeed. I'll tell you what. Uh, I don't buy it for one second. That gigantic stadium opened up in Los Angeles uh, next year. That is not that far away. They've uh, been struggling at that 27 and a half thousand seat stadium for a couple years now they want the dividends they want that big stadium even though it's going to be 80 or 90 percent the other team's fans they're going to be selling that out because that thing is going to be one of the most amazing stadiums ever on the planet yeah that you know la brought the stadium here with the idea of every weekend it's going to be occupied not just eight weeks of the season they want all 16 including the other events so I'm feeling on that, bro. I think the Bolts are here to stay at least for a little while until they get a stadium in San Diego. <laughs> let's yeah, let's hope we can hope, right? <laughs> All right, Dave. Hopefully they can survive, and hopefully you were able to survive. I'm of course dead in the three strikes pool. Who'd you go with? What'd you got? Yeah, the Seahawks in this one over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and obviously, like normal, I was struggling and squirming quite a bit as that game was back and forth, but. Uh, it's not a bad deal going with Danger Russ uh, late in the game there. He pulls one out again. So uh, I'm with the Seahawks, and I am still alive with just one strike. Yeah, dude, those stupid Buccaneers kill me twice week two <laughs> against the uh, the Panthers there, and then a couple weeks later against your L.A. Chargers or yes. our L.A. Rams it was. Sorry to throw you under that. You have so many L.A. teams, Dave. I'm losing my mind <laughs> over here. Over here. <laughs> yeah, but um, the most popular correct pick last week was the Niners over the Cardinals and the most popular incorrect pick. Go ahead and give it to the people, Dave. Yeah, it was the Green Bay Packers losing to our Los Angeles That's Chargers. That's right, baby. Man. And a surprise, a surprise upset there. Moving into next week, Casey, so far, it's the New Orleans Saints over the Atlanta Falcons taking the lead for the most popular pick. That doesn't sound too bad for me. I think I still have the Saints left. All right, Dave. It's time for fantasy go-back start of the week, bro. How'd you do? Yeah, I lost by a small number of points, about two and a half points, Casey. And I would have won had I put in Adrian Peterson instead of Peyton Barber. That would have done it for me. Or if the unbelievable luck of my opponent not grabbing Garoppolo and getting a 36.8 for the one game that he played him all year. If those two things might have might have changed my weekend. But, hey, you know, it's fantasy, baby. You I thought it. you were going to say you might have won if not for those meddling kids. But that's not <laughs> where you went with that. Yeah, Dave, unfortunately, I got Minshewed. The porn stash ran out of magic, dude, with four no. fourth quarter turnovers. That was a minus eight. I lost by three points to those stupid disco donkeys. And, Rude. dude, the fantasy world is upside down because right now the disco donkeys and kicking pinches would be in the playoffs if it started today, but they do not start today. Still got a few weeks to get this thing right, bro. <laughs> I got my sights set on the consolation uh, playoffs, Casey. That was bottom six. I think I can get something done in that group. You know, dude, we figured it out. For the people that don't make the playoffs, we have a loser bowl. There's a little cash on the line. It gives everybody incentive to stick it out till the end of the season. So that's been another great addition that we've done in our um, fantasy portion of the world. Hey, Casey, even if you are a little disenchanted with the fantasy realm of NFL football, the reality is still out there for us. And this week, we've got a handful of really cool games uh, coming up, dude. Oh, hell yeah. Starting with Thursday night football, AFC West battle, our Los Angeles Chargers at the Oakland Raiders at the Oakland Raiders for the last time, Dave, before they move out to Vegas. And they got those Raiders 
as a one-point favorite at home. Yeah, hopefully they've grown a little bit of grass in the last couple of weeks on that uh, dirt field there that they've got facing. But <laughs> Chargers come into this one with a two-game winning streak, believe it or not, beating the Bears and the Packers consecutively. After the Bears win, though, they fired offensive coordinator Ken Wisenhut and elevated uh, quarterbacks coach to offensive con- uh, coordinator. That's Shane Streitzen. And it really, I think, gave uh, the team a nice boost. I don't know. The offense looked a lot better, more consistent, no doubt about it. So um, this is the beginning of a big stretch of tough games for the Chargers. But um, when you look at this Chargers squad, especially last week, Rivers 75%, a really nice, nice game out of Phillip Rivers. But the running game looked, it was like they simplified the running game or whatever, but Melvin Gordon over 100 yards rushing, Austin Eckler 93 scrimmage yards. So a real nice uh, combination between those two guys, Keenan Allen, as usual, consistent game. And Mike Williams, um, a career high 111 yards last week. He doesn't make that many catches, but they always seem to be big plays. And then Hunter Henry, ever since he's come back um, from injury, has been really, really effective. Seven catches for 84 yards from him last week. On the defensive side, Melvin Melvin Ingram was banged up for a number of weeks there. And the interior defensive line has been really nursing a ton of injuries. They still are. But uh, with Ingram back last week, Bosa and Ingram, that tandem really lit it up. And some of the young defensive linemen, including Isaac Rochelle and Jerry Tillery, uh, two former Notre Damers, getting it done on the interior line there. The, uh, the defense looked a lot better. The secondary was looked horrible a couple of weeks back. And for some reason against... Uh, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, they really, really put it all together, man. Yeah, Melvin Gordon, I thought, um, had his best week of the season, no really paid the price in a negative fashion for that holdout. I think he's learned from that, might be able to work it out long-term with him, Hopefully. but he's going to need to be a huge part of what the Chargers do moving forward. But Dave, I'm here to talk about the silver and black, bro. Coming off a huge win over Detroit yep. um, last week, and they find themselves in the mix here. And even with missing a pair of games due to injury, your guy, Terrell Williams, leading the silver and black in receiving touchdowns. That's five, and he's got actually five TDs in his last six games. That's been a huge gift for the Raiders, yep. second on team in receiving yards at just over 350. But I want to talk about this cat, Darren Waller. If anybody saw the hard knocks, they instantly had to like this guy. It's so totally. hard not to root for him, and I don't know if he qualifies for comeback player of the year but he really is man had some self-sabotage and almost got his um, butt kicked out of the league instead found the light turned it around and he's really playing great dude Um, and it's just a good story to follow too but what the Raiders are doing is running the football the sixth best rushing attack in the NFL led by AFC offensive rookie of the month Josh Jacobs averaging over 90 yards a game and just under five yards carry with six TDs on the year where the Raiders are lacking is that defense side of the ball. they got to get that thing up to snuff. They're uh, ranked 27th right now. So if they can figure out a way to tighten that up, they're going to be there. And like I said, the Raiders are right in the playoff mix. And the NFL is more fun with the Raiders in the playoff. Maybe not with Raider fan in the playoff, but with the Raiders there. <laughs> it just makes things more exciting. If they can get this win, dude, they got Cincy and the Jets coming up before they go to play the Chiefs in Kansas City. So, um Anything can happen. The Chargers have won the last four, but this is going to be a huge mix or a huge game for these guys trying to stay relevant in the playoff race. No doubt about it, dude. This is a huge one for the AFC West uh, trying to sneak up on those Chiefs, man. All right, up next, it is the 
Los Angeles Rams at the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a big one, too. Steelers at home favored by three and a half in this one. Uh, Casey, go for the Rams. Wow, no love for the defending NFC champs riding a two-game win streak in the Super Bowl fourteen. Real match. That's right, dude. Those are the champs over there. This, you know, it's not as great as it was last year. Still a top ten offense, mostly because of Cooper Cup, dude. Um, before the bye week, coming off a seven-catch career high, two hundred twenty yards and a touchdown in Week Eight. Um, the Rams are going to be without Brandon Cooks, who's battling a concussion. Um, he's had a second one of the season. But Cooper Cup has responded from that knee injury way quicker than I thought. Very impressive season. Mm -hmm. And the running game's kind of been a three-headed monster there running back. But they need Todd Gurley to hit the go-back machine if the Rams want to get to the postseason here. And you know what? Special teams quietly one of the strengths of this Rams team. Coached up by John Fossil. Does one of the best jobs in all the phases of uh, special teams. And the Rams really make a difference in this portion of the game. Defense got a new look in the back end. Seeing both Peters and Tlaib go via Trey, but they brought in Jalen Ramsey, and he's had an immediate yep. impact on this defense. And another former Jag making plays for the Rams is Dante Fowler Jr. He's leading the team with six and a half sacks. We got Aaron Donald. Everybody knows his story. They hope to get Clay Matthews back this week too. So Rams sitting at five and three is pretty good, but zero and two in the division, and they're looking up at both the Seahawks and the 49ers. So man, it's, it's a trip. tough road to hoe, but. Yep. Um, Go beat them Steelers, and you can talk a little bit. Yeah, it starts with this week for those Rams. But at the, from the Steelers' perspective, you know, they've weathered a lot this year. You know, obviously Big Ben going down. This isn't the um, three Bs, whatever, massive offensive onslaught that we had seen over the last decade or whatever. Um, but, you know, Rudolph there, um, obviously – concussed out for a while they're on their third string quarterback so the offense hasn't been statistically very good and the defense hasn't really shaped into form just yet but it's coming along and they've won three games in a row you know so they've saved their season they come off that big win against Indianapolis last week where uh, Vinatieri shanked the ball uh, right at the end uh, gifting them the win but um you know, when you look at this offense, uh, Mason Rudolph back, and he's he's playing pretty good football. Ten touchdowns and just four interceptions for Rudolph. So he's got a real chance to establish himself as an NFL quarterback right here moving forward. At the running back, you talked about a three-headed monster kind of. They got James Conner, Trey Edmonds, and Jalen Samuels here. All of those yeah. guys are contributing quite a bit. Um it's Edmonds, 73 uh, rush yards last week. Hello? And then um, Samuels. A career-high 13 catches out of the backfield, 73 yards from scrimmage himself. And that's the most catches by a running back in a single game in franchise history. So definitely wow. getting it done. Um, Smith-Schuster obviously struggling as the number one you know, in the, in the big picture. But a lot of mitigating circumstances there. This guy can still play with Washington and Vance uh, McDonald around there. You know, Mason Rudolph could start putting this thing together. And it's kind of a workmanlike offense like the Steelers uh, don't mind at all. On the defensive side, as I said, they're kind of coming together. Bud Dupree last week, two sacks and a forced fumble and a fumble recovery. Devin Bush, possibly the defensive rookie of the year. He's one of those guys that's really making a ton of plays. Um, and, of course, um, T.J. Watt back there, he's got um, obviously making an impact. He's and no then, Taco Charlton, Dave. <laughs> Casey, you talked about the trade for the Rams acquiring a guy in the secondary. These guys bring in Minka yeah. Fitzpatrick, and he pays off immediate dividends too. Uh, he's got three picks in the last two games and a, an interception for a touchdown last week. So um, 
the Steelers coming together, rounding in the shape and putting together wins to, yeah. to really put themselves in a position to be in that mix moving forward as a playoff caliber football team. Totally do it at the quarterback. You got to get reps. Mason Rudolph is finally getting those reps. Yep. It looks like the light went on last week. We'll see if that continues bit. moving into this week. All right, Dave, let's go back to the NFC, baby. This is a Woo. big game right here. We got the Carolina Panthers at the Green Bay Packers in the pack or five point favorites at home. Yeah, dude, I'll tell you what, this Carolina squad is getting it done. As we mentioned at the top of the show, obviously no cam, but Kyle Allen really putting together a string. He's won five of six, the only loss being to San Francisco. Um, and this isn't quite the defense that they've been in the past. They're decent defensively, but this team is all about really running the football with Christian McCaffrey. He consistently puts together huge games. Last week, 166 yards from scrimmage. And Kyle Allen playing very um, serviceable uh, at the quarterback position, distributes the ball very well. But you think about um, Christian McCaffrey. He leads the league in yards per, from scrimmage per game at 110. Wow. So a real, real productive, consistent guy. And, you know, they've got some good receivers. DJ Moore, the young guy coming along, Curtis Samuel, Greg Olson, the old man still getting it done. On the defensive side, like I said, not quite as dominant as they've been in years past, but Keekly still back there, Shaq Thompson as well. Um, it's a strong defense, and if they kind of put it all together, uh, this is a team that has all the pieces, both sides in particular, on, under a Norv Turner-led offense, running the football extremely well with arguably the best running back in the league right now. Yeah, dude, it might be a good time to catch the pack. They're coming off of coming back down to earth loss to our Los Angeles Chargers at Lambeau That's West right. last week. So, But that might be just what the doctor ordered. Well, if you consider gaining less than 200 total yards and not scoring a touchdown until the fourth quarter, a good thing, mm, yeah. then maybe it is. But for the most part, this offense has been pretty productive, despite not having any receivers that anybody knows to help out uh, Mr. A.A. Ron back there. They get they did get Devontae Adams back last week, yeah. but he still doesn't look yeah. right. Sergeant Hulk, right there yet. Yeah, still getting after him there. And the next time he scores a touchdown, it will be the first one of the season. Wow. That running game, though, with Williams and Jones has been absolutely uh, f phenomenal, dude. I mean, <laughs> phenomenal. Aaron Jones, phenomenal top five running back react. Um, <laughs> but it's really the defense that's carried this team. Um, Smith Brothers, obviously, Zedarius and Preston, they've combined for 16 and a half sacks, dude. So they're wow. mashing quarterbacks. Pack would love to get this win before heading to their bye week because once they get back, they have three straight divisional games. So this could be a get-right game for these Packers, but Carolina will be no easy out. No doubt about that, dude. It's going to be an awesome football game. All right, up next, dude, the hugest game of the Oh, baby, come on, get it done. <laughs> Sunday night football. We got the Minnesota Vikings at my Dallas Cowboys, and the boys are three-point favorites at home. Ooh, all right, the uh, Vikings coming off of a uh, streak of four or five, actually winning four in a row and then dropping last week. Um, to the Kansas City Chiefs in a game they easily could have won uh, at Kansas City, but Cousin Cousins taking a lot of uh, a lot of heat early in the season and then really putting together a string of phenomenal football games. But overall, really nice numbers for Cousins: yeah. sixteen touchdowns, just three picks, one hundred twelve quarterback rating. So maybe unnecessarily taking a beating. And when it seems like a guy complained like Thielen did one week, then he blew up that next week. And then Stephon Diggs was talking about. Oh, somebody might be mentioning trade. It might be his agent. He didn't say it. Guess what? He blows up that next week. So it looks like um, 
they're getting it done there. They're starting to put it together. And overall, the numbers are great. But you look at Dalvin Cook. This guy's leading the league in rushing right now. He's got one more game under his belt with nine games. But um, Cook, 116 yards from scrimmage just last week. He is consistently getting it done as well. And uh, obviously a beast at over five yards a carry uh, for Dalvin Cook. They can run the ball very effectively. On the other side of the football, we know how good this defense is. It's all three levels uh, getting it done. Very, very strong, consistent defense and led on the back end by former Notre Dame Harrison Smith, dude, had a sack and a forced fumble last week. This Vikings team almost took care of business in Kansas City, a tough place to play, and let that one slip away. But this is going to be a huge game. Oh, yeah, Cowboys need it bad, you know, and speaking of bad, the bad news is, once again, the Cowboys got out the gate very slowly. Um, the good news is, yeah. after the Cowboys went down 12-3, to they outscored those Giants 34-6 to to close out the game. Hopefully, they can keep that black cat mojo going. But once again, just too many mistakes. The Dak interception on the first play of the game, actually his first ever against the Giants. The Cobb fumble, the Maher miss, you know, lots to be cleaned up there. But the boys did rally and put a crappy team away, and that's what good teams are yeah. supposed to do. So that's something to take away from this game. And Zeke was zeking it up all night despite not finding the end zone. But he's been punishing teams lately coming off his third straight 100-yard game. And Tony Pollard's been making the most of his touches, too, and they're giving him a little bit more mm -hmm. to get involved with that offense. Seeing them both on the field a little bit, it'll be an exciting thing moving forward. But Dak, dude, he's playing some damn good football. Had three more TDs on Monday night and on the season completing almost 70% of his passes and has 102.5 passer rating on the year. And that's why the Dallas Cowboys have the number one offense in the NFL, and you flip it over to the doomsday, dude, it looks like these hot boys might finally be rounding into shape as well. Cowboys held the one of the most dangerous running backs in the league, Saquon Barkley, to only 28 yards rushing. That is an impressive feat. Looks like D-Loss finally recovered from that offseason shoulder surgery. He dominated the Giants, and Robert Quinn's been better than expected. He's leading the team with six and a half sacks. And at the trade deadline, the Cowboys went out and got Michael Bennett, he looks like he's going to have a huge impact on this defense. On Monday night, he had a sack, four hits on the quarterback, and two tackles for losses. Dude, and i got to show a little love to Sean Lee getting a start for the injured. Leighton Vander Esch, nice. all he did was rack up 12 tackles, including a huge stop on third and goal, and then blowing up Saquon on a would-be screen pass. It's great <laughs> to see 50 out there doing his thing. But Dave, the trick for the Cowboys is to be up by seven in the fourth quarter because that's 44 straight wins when they're up by seven or more in the fourth. That's easier said than done. Counting Monday night, the Cowboys have five games in 25 days, including games wow. against the Pats and then the Bills on a short week. That doesn't even include games weeks 15 and 16 against the Rams and the Eagles. But the bright spot is these Cowboys control their own destiny. So as uh, Al Davis used to say, just win, baby. Yeah, man, it's going to be fun. Both these offenses, obviously, we talked about getting it done here, but defensively, two of the best defenses in the league, fourth and fifth in points per game, Vikings and Cowboys at 17.6 and 17.8. Will this be a defensive battle, Casey? Oh, man, can it get any better than that Sunday Night Football, Dave? I'm so <laughs> stoked about it. I don't know, man. Let's talk about Monday Night Football where the Seattle Seahawks head to the undefeated San Francisco 49ers for an NFC West showdown. The 49ers at home in this one favored by six. This is going to be a good one, Casey. 
Oh, yeah, it's about time that uh, Monday night gets a marquee matchup. And on paper, this looks like it's going to be an outstanding game. But for the Seahawks, dude, it all starts with Russell Wilson coming off a, a game against the Bucks, 378 passing yards and five TDs with no interceptions. That was good for a 133.7 passer rating, including the game winner in overtime. Dude, yeah, mind-blowing <laughs> stats, dude. 22 TDs to just one interception on the season. Yep. And he's got that 118.2 passer rating on the year. Like you said, this guy is putting up MVP numbers, bro. And his main man, Tyler Lockett, is steadily becoming one of the elite receivers in the NFL, coming off a career-high 13 catches on Sunday. That was good for a buck 52 and two touchdowns. But on the other side of the ball, bro, DK Metcalf, he's really starting to ball out too. He had six catches um, for his career best, 123 yards against the Bucks, including a 53-yard touchdown that gave the Hawks the lead late in the fourth quarter, as well as a 29-yard catch in OT to set up the game winner for us. <laughs> How could they get any stronger, Dave? Oh, yeah, they just added Josh Gordon into the mix, man. Wow. Pete Carroll says he's healthy and ready to go. Sky's the limit for these guys. I haven't even said anything about Chris Carson, who's got almost a 1,000 yards from scrimmage on the season. Legion of Boom might not be what it used to be, right. but Wagner, Wright, and Kendricks is one of the top linebacking cores in the NFL. And Jadavion Clown is still an ascending player that probably got his best football in front of him. If the Hawks want to catch the 49ers, they must win this game, dude. It's going to be all hands on deck for this huge divisional battle, baby, on Monday night football. <laughs> no doubt about it. If the, if the if San Francisco can get this win, that will really put some separation between themselves and the rest of the division there. But, Casey, let's talk about the 49ers, man. Over 29 points a game on offense. That's third best in the league. And under 13 points a game uh, given up on defense. That's second best in the league. So this team is doing it on both sides of the football. They're the second best running team in the league right now. And the top-ranked pass defense and yardage defense, man. Now, they've gotten some of those stats accumulated against some of the lesser teams in the NFL. They've only beaten two teams above 500 and really have played some of the worst teams, but you play who your your uh, you know schedule gives you, and then you just win those football games, and that's what the 49ers have done. But they haven't just won; they've dominated. And when you look at it, they're running the football so well. They're they're playing great defense and running the football. Matt Breida has been a beast for them, but yeah. Tevin Coleman coming back off the injury, he's looking a lot stronger, and that is a very nice one-two punch there. And then Jimmy Garoppolo coming off his best game of his career and all, I mean four touchdowns 317 yards he was killing it 136.9 passer rating uh last week in the win over Arizona and uh, the, their weak spot really was in the sort of receiving even though George Kittle was an absolute beast last year he's kind of been struggling a little bit this year but I think he's finding his rhythm and that has to do with them bringing in Emmanuel Sanders uh, via trade seven catches 112 yards and a touchdown last week that guy paid immediate dividends he feels like he's got new life he's on a squad that's going somewhere right now and he's the go-to guy at wide receiver there uh, around him they've got lots of young talent but it's not really experienced it's not proven. So bringing in a guy like that to lead the way, huge for these guys, and a guy for Garoppolo to go to besides just George Skittle. On the other side, obviously, Nick Bosa, dude. Arguably yeah. defensive 
uh, rookie of the year right there. The guy is absolutely a monster, just like before he got hurt at Ohio State, just like his brother Joey has been uh, throughout his short, young career. Both these Bosa brothers are uh, athletic beasts, dude, and they get after it. But then you you pair him up with all the other top draft picks along that defensive line, including DeForest Buckner and the trade acquisition D Ford exiled from Kansas City for his offsides last year. This defense Ugh. is packed in the front. And then on the backside, they bring in Richard Sherman. He seems to have rejuvenated, rejuvenated himself coming off that injury that ended his career in Seattle. And that dude is playing some of his best ball right now. And he's a leader back there. And he also brings that swagger to the back end of that defense. This team, the 49ers, playing amazing football. This game pivotal for these two teams moving forward in terms of playoff positioning, dude. Oh, yeah, and the schedule makers got this one right. These teams meet again week 17 Woo. in Seattle. So um, tasty little <laughs> nug for down yeah. the road, too. Wait for oh, that one. Playoff ramifications all over this thing, right, man? What a, what a great weekend of games, dude. So stoked. All right, dude. It is going to be awesome. I'm sure you folks will enjoy it. So many ways to check out the football dudes, Casey. And we are available now on Spotify as well as iTunes or Stitcher, a.k.a. Deezer Radio. Also subscribe on our YouTube channel. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. And as I firmly and strongly recommend, head over to footballdudes.com. Check it all out right there. It's there for you. Enjoy week 10 in the NFL. I know Casey and I will. We are the football dudes. We are out of here.